This podcast is brought to you by the Creation Academy Honors Program, an apologetics learning experience designed to teach, train, and inspire others to become strong defenders of the Christian faith and biblical creation. Launching early 2019, the program offers video and audio training with downloadable course workbooks, expert interviews, and exclusive Q&A sessions with leading creation scientists and apologists, quarterly ebooks covering a wide variety of subject matter, and even a private Facebook community where you'll fellowship and interact with a like-minded community of believers. If you want to be notified when the program goes live and even help us design the experience from the ground up, head on over to www.jointca.co today and sign up for the wait list. You'll get early access to the private Facebook group for free as a thank you for joining. You're listening to the Creation Academy, a uh, weekly podcast defending the truth of God's Word in biblical creation science. I'm your host, Steve Schramm, and this week is lesson number 56, although this is not going to be the usual podcast. This is um, not a uh, teaching lesson, uh, really. This is simply a summary of the first um uh, series that we did, our first uh, official series in terms of uh, doing the podcast uh, based on groups of series. And uh, this series was called The Destruction of Paradise. And I had a lot of fun with it. Um, it was the first uh, opportunity uh, for me both to uh, be interviewed for somebody else's podcast and also um, to interview somebody for this podcast. Both of those happened for the first time uh, in this series, and I really enjoyed it. I thought that was fun. Um, you can uh, anticipate much more of that coming down the pike as we continue to go through um, these series. And so I'm really, really excited. And again, this is going to be super short. We're not going to hang out here for very long. I debated even using, uh, excuse me, I debated even using um, the intro and the outro music and all of that, but I thought maybe it would be nice still to do that. That way we could uh, let people know still about the Creation Academy Um which man is is coming along really really well. Uh, we have uh, some great things in store. Some great things line up, uh, guys. I'm still looking for one more volunteer. I don't know if that's you. I don't know if you um, are a listener to the podcast. You consider yourself to have um, good writing and research skills, and you would be interested in uh, donating some of your um, precious time to the ministry. Maybe you don't have any plans to start a blog or start a podcast or or speak about creation, maybe you would still like to have an impact and an influence. Uh, let me tell you one way you could certainly do that is by lending us a hand uh, because the total amount of staff right now who work uh, right here um, is, is one, and that's me. So I need help. Now I've got two guys who have graciously offered to start um, lending some uh, help into the research process, uh, and also maybe even the production of some um, some manuscript content uh, for the 
Creation Academy Honors Program that was mentioned there in the beginning. Uh, I've got two people who are uh, graciously um, helping me out with that, but I really wanted to have one more. Um, so if that's you, uh, contact me, Steve at steveshram.com. Head over to steveshram.com or and uh, and and leave a voicemail there. Um, get a, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, just get in contact with me. Click the link in the show notes to email me. Uh, just get in contact with me and let me know if you would be interested in helping us uh, to create some of that content. All we're talking about is researching some topics and um, at least providing an outline of, um, uh, of of what you found based on your research uh, that we can write a manuscript uh, for. Um, probably doesn't need to be anywhere longer than 2,000 to 2,500 words if you decide to write the manuscript yourself. So um, in any sense, reach out to me if you think that's something uh, that maybe you would be interested in. Um, uh, the other little bit of housekeeping that I might mention is if you are a new listener to the podcast, which we are uh, beginning to get quite a few new listeners on a regular basis, which I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, if you're a new listener to the podcast, I'd encourage you to go to steveshram.com slash defend. And we will actually go ahead and put a link to that in the show notes as well. And and um, what you can do there is sign up. Just I need your first name and your email address. That's all I need. And what I'm going to do is send you a free course that I developed. It's a free email course. Um, it, um, it what they call it drips out to you. That is, uh, you get one new lesson each day uh, for the next uh, six days. You're going to get an introduction, okay, and then you're going to get four uh, real meaty lessons that help you defend uh, four of the toughest, um, I think, things that you need to, to be able to defend in Christianity. Uh, and then you have a conclusion episode, uh, or excuse me, <laughs> I'm in podcast mode, aren't I? Uh, you get a conclusion email that introduces you to a little bit more about us and our ministry and what we're doing around here. And then uh, we'll send you updates from time to time, but for the most part, we're sending you um, just a weekly uh, uh, link to the latest article that we've written on our blog, and sometimes we mix that up because we do blogs and videos and podcasts, and uh, really just trying to get the message both of creation and just of apologetics out there, really trying to, to establish the reasonability of the Christian faith um, in the minds of skeptics and in the minds of Christians um, who maybe have doubts and want to be able to evangelize more effectively and, and build their own faith. So that's the kind of things that we're doing and uh, we're just excited that you have chosen to make yourself a part of it. Um, if you haven't yet, that would be the next step. Um, get on that email list so that we can stay in regular communication with you so we can help you grow uh, in your Christian walk uh, as you attempt to reach the world for Christ. So we're excited uh, about having you to do that. Well, let's go ahead and just give a real quick uh, summary of this uh, series, and then we uh, will let you go, uh, probably for a couple of weeks. Um, as of right now, my plans are to return uh, back into the um, uh, a, a podcast on the 27th of September. Uh, and what this will do is give me a couple weeks to go ahead and plan the content for the next series. I'm excited about it. I will go ahead and tell you what it is. Our next series 
is going uh, to be about the 2018 International Conference on Creationism. Now, I did not get to go to that. However, um, all the abstracts are available online. Uh, excuse me, not only the abstracts, the actual papers are all available online. And what I'm going to do now, there was 47 of them, so we're not going to go through all 47, uh, but I am going to go through and pick out the ones that I feel are the most exciting, the most relevant, uh, that would be the most beneficial for you guys uh, to hear more about. And I haven't really thought this completely out yet, but probably what we're going to do is um, I will read the abstract um, of the paper so that you kind of get the general idea of what the author, uh, excuse me, what the author was arguing. Uh, and then we'll just have some commentary after that. We'll talk a little bit, um, ab ab about, uh, uh, the findings and the implications. And of course, I'm going to make notes around all that. So our, our thoughts are more organized, but, um, that's probably what we're going to do just so you can kind of get uh, an idea of the state of creation research, uh, in some very important areas. Um, as of 2018. One of the ones I'm excited about, just as I was looking through them the other day, is Danny Faulkner, Dr. Danny Faulkner, the astronomer who works over there at Answers in Genesis. He uh, did, I want to say, it was in the late 90s, um, the last time he did a state of creation research. I think that's how long it's been. Uh, in any sense, he's done a second one. And so we now have an actual state of creation research on astronomy, the state of creation astronomy. Um here in 2018, so I'm really excited to to talk about that with you a little bit and to go to go through that. So uh, that's what we're going to be doing for our next series, the International Conference on Creationism, talking about some significant subjects. And if I can work it out, we may even have um, another guest on to talk about uh, some of their findings uh, in 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 their paper uh, that was presented there at the ICC. So. Um, um, I don't know that for sure, but I'm working on that, okay? So, uh, let's review a little bit of this week's, or excuse me, this last series, uh, and then we'll let you go. So, if you'll recall, we were talking about the destruction of paradise. Um, this whole thing was kind of prompted by a question that, uh, that, that came in. I don't know if you're familiar with the uh, the um, mentionables they have a youtube channel a book out now they're uh, basically a network of apologists who consider themselves amateur part-time uh, apologists they're just the mentionables and uh, they do a really good job mark lambert is affiliated with them and he was uh the gentleman who interviewed me for his podcast the hey pastor podcast that uh, we uh, we aired for you as lesson three of this series a flood of evidence and the question the general overall question was why uh, did God hide evidence for a flood? And so I heard that, and I thought, well, you know, that's obviously not true. God didn't hide evidence for the flood. But then I thought about the larger question. Why? Why use a flood? Why would God destroy paradise? What was so bad? Um, 
there are clear statements in Scripture about what was so bad. You know, every thought of their heart was evil continually and this, that, and the other thing. But I thought it would be good to do a really, really deep dive into this subject. And so that's what we did. The first lesson in the series, we talked about the theology of God's perfect creation. And what we found was extremely fascinating. Um we found that there are a number of things, a vast number of things that we can learn actually about God just by looking at his creation. Now, to a certain extent, uh, this can be known as a uh, kind of a natural theology. In other words, there are things to learn about God that are inferred directly from the observation of his creation. Now, understand that um, modern science, the claims of modern science and or particular theories of modern science are not the same thing as natural theology. A lot of people confuse this, but they're not the same thing. It does not follow that because a theory in science is well attested, indeed, in order for it to become a theory, scientifically speaking, um, that is a candidate. I mean, it's got to be pretty well confirmed. Uh, Theories are not just blind speculations. Uh, See lesson... Oh, it's maybe less than 16 or 17 of the podcast uh, for that. I forget the exact number, Uh, but we have a a podcast on that. Is evolution just a theory? And I'll put that in the show notes, okay? Um, But so for something to become a theory, it has to be pretty well attested. But nevertheless, that does not make it on par with natural theology. We could still be wrong about the the mechanisms or the mechanics behind a particular theory and the way something Uh, something works. But based on the nature of the universe and things that we understand about it, there are things that we could learn about God. And certainly we did that. We learned God is maximally great. I mean, he's um, uh, omni-benevolent. He's omniscient. He is omnipotent. Um, You know, even for some quick examples uh, of that, we saw that in order for the transfer of power to take place, for something to uh, have created the universe, and we give evidence for, for, for the creation of the universe in that lesson, but um, in order for something to have created the universe, well, the universe has um, all power that we know of. There is no power that is outside of um, the universe, uh, energy-wise, and so whatever it is that created the universe must, by definition, have more power than the universe, uh, since in all of our experience, when you transfer energy like that, the transfer is going to produce less energy than the original source had. So, based on that, we were able to infer that God must, by definition, be all powerful. And we used that sort of logic all throughout the lesson to demonstrate that. It was very fascinating. All right, then the second lesson in the series, we talked about Adam. It is a huge question. Uh, in the um, in the forefront of evangelical thinking uh, today, whether or not Adam was a historical figure. In fact, there are some pretty prominent uh, Christian scholars who are looking deeply into this issue today, and uh, some of them are 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 in the midst of of in depth research projects projects on that. Um, and so, what we need to uh, understand is that the Bible writers, and indeed Jesus himself, sure seemed to treat Adam and those who followed after him as though they were historical figures. All right? And the only way uh, to make 
a case against that would have to uh, would have to trade on counterintuitive thinking. It, in other words, uh, there have been people who tried to say to me, well, you can't prove that Jesus took Adam historically just based on the fact that he references him and draws examples off of him, etc. But then, uh, what's the standard of falsifiability? Uh, we, in our uh, regular experiences and conversations, often refer to people and things in the past, and it's usually quite evident when we are referring to, uh, to, to fictional characters. Also, there are genealogies in the Bible and mentions of, of people like Abel and, and Noah. Uh, these things make no sense. Um, Seth, even. These things make no sense if we are not talking about actual people. And so, uh, I would say the majority of evangelicals are still on board with the fact that Adam's a historical figure. Um, Nevertheless, we had a great conversation with Dr. Edgar Andrews out of the UK, uh, who just uh, finished his book, What is Man? Adam, Alien, or Ape? Um, And I am beginning to read it. I'm not very far into it yet, but I'm beginning to read it myself. And man, it's a great great book so far, and our conversation was about an hour and 45 minutes, I think. It was a great conversation, so I highly encourage you uh, to go back and listen, uh, excuse me, and listen to that. Um, Was Adam a, or excuse me, why Adam was a historical figure with Dr. Edgar Andrews. That was a wonderful lesson. And then lesson three, we looked at a flood of evidence. Is there evidence for a global flood? Uh, of course, I think that there is evidence uh, for such a global flood. I think that God did not hide the evidence for a flood since there was one. You know, this is kind of one of those questions people say, well, if, there, if, if God flooded the world, why did, why did he hide the evidence for it? Okay, well, that question has so many hidden assumptions in it. But one of the hidden assumptions that might be less obvious is the assumption of dating. Um, And I wanted to point that out real quick because you see, if you're looking for a global flood in the layers which radiometrically date to about 4,000 to 4,500 years ago, you are not going to find one there. Okay, but to... but. But to require that we find this evidence in the layers which are radiometrically associated with 4,000 to 4,500 years ago um, in the grander context of things would be incorrect. It would be circular reasoning. That is, it would be to deny the fundamental tenets of the view Um, because on flood theory, the Earth is only around 6,000 years old. Okay, so don't let that get by you. There are assumptions baked into so many questions of skeptics that if you just weed through all of those assumptions and get down to the bottom of it, look at the evidence based on uh, the entire framework, uh, you really get to see some reasonable answers and some fascinating answers, some things that they uh, may have not even considered before, especially if they have an open mind. So I would uh, definitely encourage you to, when you hear a question like that, to, to, to pause, take a step back, evaluate what assumptions are going into the question, because really only then can you really answer it properly. Okay, and then in lesson four of the series, we dealt with who were the sons of God. 
who were the sons of God. Uh, in Genesis chapter 6, there is this account that we find, and it leads into the flood narrative, and it talks about what many have interpreted over the years to be fallen angels. I think this is the incorrect view. Uh, and so what we did in this lesson, lesson four, was to argue um, a refutation of actually the fallen angels view and give uh, just a, a modest invitation to the Sethite view, which is the view that I hold of that passage. Um, I, I think it's the most scripturally plausible. And uh, actually, I think it makes the most sense with the wider framework, again, uh, looking at questions in terms of the wider question. Uh, in the Bible, I think it makes the most sense. Um, and so I encourage you to check that out. Uh, that's the, the view that we argued for. And then our last lesson in the series, Lesson 5, that was last week, and it was Noah found grace, understanding God's rescue plan. And in it, we kind of drew, um, drew on some of the information that we took from lesson number four and kind of built our further case for why Noah found grace. Um, it was not because of anything genetic. It was not because he was uh, in a perfect uh, pure biological line or anything of that nature. It was simply because, like we will be rescued from the judgment for walking with God and being counted as righteous, excuse me, being counted as righteous even when we are not. This is exactly what happened in the case of Noah. Noah, the Bible says, walked with God. He was a preacher of righteousness, but then directly after the flood, we find that uh, God is again indicting the human race, which at this point consists of Noah and his immediate family, for the thoughts of their heart being evil continually from their youth. Therefore, this problem plagued Noah, and God rescued him anyway. What do we call that, Christian? We call it grace. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So that's what we talked about in lesson number five last week. So, that concludes and wraps up our series on the destruction of paradise. And it was an exciting series for me to record. Um, I loved every minute of it, got some really good feedback uh, on it. And so we are going to move into our next series starting on the 27th uh, with the International Conference on Creationism. All right, so we'll see you in a couple weeks. Um, stick around. In the meantime, invite others to join in, uh, get others uh, listening to the podcast, downloading the podcast. Um, we're really excited about what the Lord has uh, going on here in our ministry, and we're excited to see it continue. So subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Hey, I wish you would do me a favor. Um, other, you know, of course, I want you to do those things we mentioned in the beginning, but I want you to do me one more favor, if you will. You got a couple weeks off that you can get this done. Um, would you, uh, if, if you find this podcast helpful, will you go to the Apple Podcasts library, find this podcast, and give us a star review or, or, or even an actual written review uh, currently, our, our podcast, uh, though we are 56 episodes in now, we have not one rating, not one review, not anything. And so um, if this podcast is beneficial to some of you, I wish you'd take just a few minutes and go there and do that and um, 
just let us know uh, if this podcast helps you, if it's been effective in your life, it's, if it's, if it's uh, helped you to be a stronger witness, if it's built your faith, uh, just let us know. Uh, and this is for practical purposes, too. This helps other people find the podcast because um, Apple, in their algorithms, they look at uh, your kinds of ratings and reviews, and they uh, they weigh you against some of the other podcasts out there and will give you uh, a higher priority in the list if you have some of these things. And so, uh, of course, we're not doing that for selfish purposes, uh, but is not the purpose of having a podcast so that the most people possible will hear it um, and be able to hear and learn from the message. And so that's what we want. Uh, I, I, I trust that's what you want. And if that's the case, um, I pray that you would uh, take the moment um, that it takes just to head over to iTunes and leave us a rating and a review. All right. Uh, thank you again for joining us this week. Hey, let's close out this series with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you and thank you for what you're doing in our ministry. We thank you for the ability that you've given us to be a strong and bold witness for you in this day and to help equip others uh, to do that in discipleship and training and um, and indeed in evangelism and having uh, uh, productive spiritual conversations with others. We thank you for the opportunity to serve uh, your kingdom in this capacity. Um, and, and and Father, we're grateful for this series that we've learned on the destruction of paradise. Thankful more, more than anything, Father, for your grace in our lives. Even though we are living in a fallen world, we could take comfort in the fact that you are working your ultimate will to restore this world to its former glory, Lord, and to bring us to a point of uh, utter perfection, Father, in tune with conforming us to the image of your Son. So we thank you, Father, for that. We love you, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, I appreciate you joining us this week for the podcast again. Tune in, stay subscribed. We are going to be back on the 27th of September with a brand new series on the International Conference uh, on Creationism from 2018, looking at some abstracts and some of the thoughts from there. It's going to be really enlightening and uh, and tell us some great things about the future of uh, creation research. All right, you guys take care. See you in a couple weeks. Thanks. Bye-bye.